Hey, it's Against All Odds presented by FanDuel. Two new champions are about to be crowned, and with FanDuel, you can bet right up until the victory parades. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, get in the action after the games have already started with live same-game parlays. Are you kidding me? Yes. They're available for every NBA and NHL game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older and 18 or older in D.C. and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, welcome to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Hey, we only have three days left in 2023 to bet on sports, and we're going to make the most of it. That's plenty of time before Kadarius Tony drops the ball on a new year. Coming up, we've got a very funny comedian who asked me to be on this program many times, and I said, you know what? Host Saturday Night Live, and then we'll talk. And so he did, and now he's here. Nate Bargatze will be joining us, plus my lifelong friend, lifelong sports gambler, Darren the Parley Kid, will be in the handicapper hot seat to help break down all the big Week 17 games that have playoff implications. And great news, I've solved this college football playoff mess. That's right. Before we play the games on New Year's Day, I think the committee should hear me out. That's coming up on WagerAger. But before any of that, let's talk Jets-Browns from last night in the segment that has showed so much promise this season. It might even get the franchise tag. It's Cover 4. All right, last night the Browns beat the Jets 37-20. Big cover by Cleveland. It was a significant game because in my mind, this matchup featured the most tortured fan bases of the last half century. And trust me, I mean that with no disrespect to fans of the Bills, the Lions, and Shakey's Pizza. Over the centuries, there hasn't been a lot for either Jets or Browns backers to be proud of. I mean, Cleveland's most popular jersey is the one where they list all the starting quarterbacks they've had since Tim Couch in 1999. Look at that thing. It's like a who's who of who cares. Odell Beckham Jr. wanted out of Cleveland so bad, he had his dad post a video of Baker Mayfield throwing him terrible passes. And in retrospect, the Browns probably should have made Papa Beckham the offensive coordinator. But then there's the Jets, whose most exciting moment every year comes when their supporters boo the first round draft pick. Nice and welcoming, like when the dad heckles his baby as it emerges from the womb. You see it all the time. Butt fumbles, quarterback seeing ghosts, Hail Mary sixes. Fireman Ed should have hosed down this franchise decades ago. Between the Jets and Browns, there's been so many bad breaks, so many bad beats, so many bad coaches, and like I said, so many bad draft days, and not to mention, even a bad draft day movie. Poor Kevin Costner went from dancing with wolves to dancing with plot holes. All right, back to the Jetropolitans. Look, I hate to keep rehashing the worst, most demoralizing moment of the Jet season, but I feel like it's my duty to remind people of that brutal incident 
from a few months ago. Warning, if you're pregnant, have nausea, or are generally squeamish, please turn away. Here it is. Yes, that's 76-year-old Jets owner Woody Johnson dripping in a diamond chain with his name on it. Why this near-octogenarian is wearing a chain, I have no clue. And why it says Woody is an even bigger mystery. Was he worried that players and employees would forget his name? Woody, you own the team. You don't need a $600,000 name tag. This isn't a vacuum cleaner sales convention. You're going to get recognized in the luxury box that you paid for. Does Woody think Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones see him at the owners' meeting and are like, oh man, don't mess with this guy. He's tight with Jacob the jeweler. This is typical for when a grandparent goes through an end-of-life crisis. But I guess the good news for Woody's heirs is one of them is about to inherit that monstrosity. Unless, of course, he leaves it to Woody Harrelson. Look, Woody, your family runs a pharmaceutical company. You're not little yachty. You're little shoddy. So someone please take that thing off of him before the sheer weight causes him to fall over and he ends up on the injury report with Ayahuasca the Grouch. Cover three. All right, a couple more things about Aaron Rodgers because, well, because I'm obsessed with this jabroni. You may have noticed he didn't play in last night's game. Nope, no Aaron in that box score. And unless you yourself went on a four-month darkness retreat, you know the story. Rodgers tore his Achilles after three plays, but then a few weeks later came out and said, don't be surprised if I play by the end of the year. And me and my friends and the Surgeon General all laughed. And then Aaron basically followed up with, hey, I've made a miraculous recovery, but you know what? We can't make the playoffs, so I'm just going to continue to sit out. What a surprise. He shut himself down for the season, which is almost as shocking as when we find out the woman the Bachelor picked dumped him three weeks after the finale. The truth is, Rodgers was never going to play, and so he did the honorable thing. He led people to think he was coming back. Hey, Aaron, how about instead of growing a Mr. Pringles mustache and taking up a roster spot in the hopes that the cameras could periodically catch you pretending to be helpful on the sidelines, maybe next time do the right thing and give the Jets a discount double check on that signing bonus. Just a thought. All right, the Jets and Browns were not only the last night NFL football game TV viewers got to witness, but also the first. September 21st, 1970 was the date, the very first Monday night football game. The Browns won it 31-21. Joe Namath started for the Jets. He threw three interceptions and made up for it by hooking up with three Browns cheerleaders. TMZ was all over it. And obviously, it was an historic game because it proved that people will watch our great sport in primetime no matter how bad the teams are. And I was thinking, though, what a double-edged sword this ended up being for Al Michaels. Because of this game, the floodgates opened, and Al was able to make millions calling gridiron games under the lights. But on the other hand, it forced him to give up four hours of valuable lifetime to call crap like this. Team gets shut out four days ago, comes back and lays 63. Yes, the night football games are both a curse and a blessing for Al, much like being asked to host a New Year's countdown special. Are you serious? Looking forward to Gronk spiking us into 2024. All right, that does it for cover four. Now it's time for my irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Rager. All right, in a few minutes, the Parley Kid and I are going to go over all the Week 17 NFL games and the college football playoffs. And speaking of those playoffs, the four schools selected, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, clearly the four most worthy teams. I mean, no controversy, no question in anyone's mind, no doubt about it. 
I'm kidding, of course. It was a disaster. With this quartet, the selection committee divided the nation more than the is Die Hard a Christmas movie question. Actually, a recent poll showed about 130% of college football fans thought Florida State should have gotten the nod over Alabama. And for weeks and weeks, people fought about it. They're still fighting about it. And I said at the time, FSU should have gotten in. But from a football fan standpoint, I'm glad the team with a quarterback who can actually complete a forward pass got the nod. Hypocritical, for sure. But the other thing I said is, are you really surprised this ended in chaos? I mean, from top to bottom, the NCAA is an unmitigated mess. Let's start with the conferences. They're way out of whack. There are 34 teams in a conference called the Big Ten. There are 34-year-olds taking snaps. Oregon is going to be playing in Rutgers. They'll log more miles than Taylor Swift's tour bus. You have dozens of bowl games where half the roster doesn't suit up because they're either injured, turning pro in the transfer portal, or have botulism from drinking bad eggnog. Oh, and Arch Manning he hasn't even started a game in college, but has already out-earned his namesake grandfather. None of it makes sense, but here's what self-appointed Commissioner Sal proposes in terms of these playoffs. I'm actually stealing this idea from my nine-year-old's rec basketball league. Bear with me. Florida State plays Alabama for a half. 30 minutes. The winner plays Michigan for a full game immediately following that 30-minute game. Sort of like a three-way scrimmage where Harbaugh has no time to steal signals. Think about it. Three fan bases in one stadium. The jersey swaps would be terrific. Lee Corso would lose his mind figuring out which mascot had to wear. And most importantly, more teams in the same game leads to more betting. Speaking of betting, let's do this. Since they probably won't take my advice by Monday, we'll likely leave the matchups intact. I'm going to wager on the games they so haphazardly presented. I'll be taking Alabama and Texas to advance. Yes, that two-team Moneyline Parlay will produce a rematch and a 221-plus payout. That's a plus money payout. Go ahead and pop the midnight champagne. That's a winner. Hey, we have a winner of a show for you today. Comedian Nate Bargatze will be with us shortly. And coming up, Darren, the Parlay Kid, Sicoli, and I go over all the crucial Week 17 matchups. That and much more when Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend returns. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Joining me now is a man who placed at least one bet every day of 2023, a streak that goes back as long as I can remember, and that's why he is the Cal Ripken of parlays coming to us from an undisclosed location. All right, it's the bedroom of his third and fourth son, share in Long Island. It's the parlay kid. Darren Zaccoli, what's happening, Darren? What's going on, Sal? Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, Darren, it's been a long year for betting. I really, I feel like we have bet every day this year. God bless us. We, uh, we have the ability to do that. What was your best bet of 2023? And then when we get back from commercial, I'll ask you what your biggest bet ache was. But what was the best? Let's start with a positive. Well, I think my best, Sal, is still pending, and it's looking good right now. Lamar Jackson at 16-1. to 1. 
to win the MVP. That has all of a sudden been elevated. But I did just finish a Jaden Daniels 14-1 to victory right there with the Heisman Trophy. And, of course, Sal, and remember this from the beginning of the year, you doubted me. Dak Prescott under 11 and a half interceptions. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's seven with two games left. So I think I got oh, that no. one. So that's oh, looking pretty good. Knock it. on some wood. Knock on uh, wood. You just jinxed the crap out of poor Dak, who he himself in a press conference said that he's going to have under 10 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to offer that up. And then you took him up on it. Well, I'm glad you did. Let's start with that team, that game, Dallas and Detroit. Rough one last week for us, Parley Kid. Miami, we went there. Game we probably could have won or should have won. We end up losing 22-20. Now home for Detroit. Real outside chance of winning the division. Detroit, not a lot to play for. The line is 6-53 and and right now. Um, I'm going to go over the point total, 28.5. I'm not going to screw with this line because I know Goff could get in there and get a backdoor cover. But I do like what the Cowboys have done at home. This is a decent spot. People, you know, um, our lowest output at home was 30 against the Jets in like the second week in September or third mm-hmm. week in September, whatever it was. And people want to say, all right, we haven't done it against playoff teams. At home, 41 versus Seattle, 43 versus the Rams, 33 versus the Eagles. And on the other side, the Lions give up big points on the road. They gave up 20, uh, 38 to the Chargers, um, 28 to the Bears. The formula is there for us, Parley Kid. I think we put it together in front of the home crowd, and we win a game and maybe sit the players next week. I'm not sure, but at least we, uh, we go about it the right way scoring-wise. Yeah, I like what you're saying there with the points, Sal. The Cowboys need this one. Their offense is obviously terrific at home, but... The Lions' strength is on that offensive line. They can really beat you up there. And the Cowboys' weakness is up front on their defensive line and with their linebackers. Very small in those positions. I think the Lions will have some success running the ball. They throw the ball pretty well, too. I think they can hang around in this game. I think Dallas wins, but I think this point total is just a little too high. Give me the Lions and the points. All right, I have 34-24, but I'll take 34-30. Back to our guy Dak. Um, On FanDuel right now, minus 130 to have the most passing touchdowns, which is interesting. He has 30, Purdy has 29. Do you like that? I mean, a lot of it, I mean, all of it comes down to who's playing week 18, right? Yeah, I think Dak gets three-plus this weekend, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's enough cushion if the 49ers are still playing for the one seed in the last week. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh, boy. I think I would roll the dice on that, on Dak winning. I think Dak maybe gets five minimum over these next two games. So let's say yes to that, Sal. Five interceptions, you're saying? No, okay, five <laughs> no, touchdowns. All right. Let's okay. hope not. <laughs> you already jinxed that. All right. All right, uh, next game, Baltimore, three and a half now against Miami. This opened at three. 47 is the over-under, probably, probably for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, letdown game for Baltimore, I think. They might even win, but often the best team from the previous week doesn't show up the next week, and that's why I'm taking the teaser. I don't trust it all that much, so I'm taking Miami plus the 9.5 and and under 53. Uh, Their defense has stepped it up, Miami. They held the Cowboys to 20, the Chiefs to 21. They held the Jets to 13 combined in two games. I'm looking at the defense. People want to talk about Tyreek Hill and obviously Mostert and those guys when they get going, there's no stopping them. But Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb, and this Van Ginkle character have really stepped up 
on the defensive end. Not a great matchup, I don't think, for Miami because they could get pushed around, but I think they keep it in the low to mid-20s, 24-22 final. So I'm playing that teaser, Miami and the under. What do you like? I'll take the Ravens given the points here, Sal. Basically, from what you just said, I, this Ravens team seems to be on a mission. Lamar, MVP candidate right here, number one. And they just, the, this Dolphin team doesn't match up that great with this Ravens team. They are super physical. I'm not sure if Miami can handle that. This does not play well into Tua, who really doesn't scramble around very well. I know he gets rid of the ball very quickly, but the Ravens will get to him a few times this game, maybe force a turnover or two. They're, this team is rolling right now, so let's take the Ravens giving the points. You know, I had Phil Simms on the show a couple weeks ago, and I questioned him about that. I said, Tua is not as elusive as he used to be. He said, he's like, no, you're wrong. He never was elusive. I said, don't you argue with me. Get off my show. And he hasn't been back since. That's how we take care of things here. Uh, Baltimore, minus 330 to be the number one seed in the AFC. I guess they're figuring they have two bites at the apple here, right? Even if they lose to Miami, Miami would still have to beat Buffalo next week, or Baltimore would have to lose at home to Pittsburgh in week 18. I think that's how it's going. So minus 330, maybe you find a dance partner with that. You can put together a nice uh, parlay to get you almost to even odds there. Um, Buffalo, 11.5 point favorite, 40.5 against New England. This is, I feel like this is the perfect role for Belichick. Just the perfect villainous a-hole role. Play hard, play good defense, screw somebody at making the playoffs, play spoiler. He's got a chance to do all this against Buffalo. I'm looking at him, Paul, like freezing on the sidelines. And I listen to these Patriots fans like, oh, he should lose. They should try to lose. This guy is not trying to lose, right? He wants, and he's going to pull out a super weird win against a superior team. That's what he wants at this point. Bailey Zappi, by the way, 4-2 and two as a starter. Um, I wasn't impressed with Buffalo last week. I know their back's against the wall here. They're 0-2 as an 11.5-point favorite or more against the spread. I'm going to take the points. I think this is a good spot for Belichick to make things interesting. 23-16. You're going opposite. Yeah, I think Belichick got that win against the Broncos this past weekend, Sal. And look, the Bills, I look, I got burned this past weekend with these high spreads. I really probably shouldn't be going this way, but something tells me the Bills, with this large number that we're looking at, will come through. They've won nine straight December games. And Sal, look, the, the rumors of the Bills' demise this year has been over-exaggerated, really. Their six losses have been by combined 26 points. This is a team that has been in every single game, and nobody plays better in the cold weather than Josh Allen. This is his time of the year. I think this Bills team rolls this week. Get the running game going again. It wasn't there against the Chargers like it was against the Cowboys. They get that going. Allen has a dominating performance up there in Buffalo. Take the Bills, giving the points. All right. Yeah, I think they win also, but I don't think they cover. But uh, as I mentioned before, they're now plus 270 to win the division. So what they would have to do is win. The Dolphins would have to lose to Baltimore, and then Buffalo takes care of business against Miami. Not a bad number. Not a bad for those things uh, to all happen. All right. Indianapolis, three-point favorite over Las Vegas, 43-and-a-half. It was three-and-a-half at open. Went down a little. I I don't love this game from a betting standpoint. I think the best way to describe these two teams is erratic, and so I should probably take the points. But I'm going to stick with Indy uh, as long as it stays to three. Minshew at home. 
been pretty good lately. Beat the Bucks by seven, beat the Steelers by 17. I think you throw out that Falcons game last week, and their defense has been very solid. A top 10 red zone defense and third down defense. 26-17, I have this. I can't figure out this Raiders team, Polly Kid. You're going, you're back in the Raiders? Absolutely taking the Raiders here, Sal. Um, their defense has been fantastic, and they seem to love Antonio Pierce, right? They, I think they want him to be the coach going forward. What better way than to get him back, than to win some football games? I'm not sure if they win this game, but their defense, led by Max Crosby, has been fantastic lately. I mean, they just beat the Chiefs without a passing yard in quarters yeah. two through four. I think this defense will rise to the challenge. And Minshew is always good, Sal, for a turnover or two while right. trying to make a big play. I think the Raiders capitalized on that. Let's take the Raiders getting the points. All right. I'm actually a little excited about that game. It's so weird. It's Minshew against yeah, O'Connor. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's going to make one of the, that's going to make a big screen yeah. here. Uh, Jacksonville, seven point favorite, 30 and a, 38 and a half is the over under against Carolina. Uh, you know, I want to give Bryce Young credit for coming back versus Green Bay, but it might just be that secondary sucking. Uh, they're checking on Trevor Lawrence's shoulder for this one. Probably shouldn't have played last game. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to take Jacksonville minus three and a half in the first half. Mm. I think Carolina, no matter what, gets off to a slow start. They've lost the first half by three and a half or more in each of their last six. I could see the Jags doing something stupid, like blowing a lead, but I think they get off to a fast start. 16-7 at half is about all I'm going to predict here. You have something even wilder. What do you like? So I don't trust either of these teams. I don't trust any of the quarterbacks. Man, have the Jaguars let me down this yeah. year, Sal. So let me just take a little bet off the side here. Both teams to complete the first pass attempt of the game. <laughs> the answer is no at minus 122. Wow. I don't trust Lawrence if he plays. I'm not even sure if he's going to play. Bethard, Bryce Young, they don't get it done here. So I just need one pass of the two of them to be incomplete on their first attempt. Mm. And I'm a winner here. So, And then I can turn this game off and focus on everything else. That's pretty good. It looks like our goal collectively is to turn this game off. As I have a first yeah. half bet, you have a first three-minute bet. Well, let me ask you this. What if they don't throw a pass? What if Carolina <laughs> never drops back to pass? Do you lose? Is that a losing bet? Well, I think bet? Carolina might certainly try to do that in the way that Lawrence <laughs> has been playing. I think the Jaguars yeah. uh, would be tempted to do that as well here. But I think we get one pretty early, Sal. Jaguars minus 168 to win the division. One and one might be enough to get it done if they hold on against Carolina. They have the tiebreaker over Indianapolis and Houston who play week 18. So if you you get one loss out of either of those two teams, they should be okay. All right, Rams, six and a half point favorite. 42 is the over under at the New York Giants. Uh, I was impressed with Ty Taylor filling in for the Giants last week. By the way, I didn't even know he was Italian. That came as a huge surprise. When they showed his agent (laughs) jumping around, that was, uh, I was like, wow. Amazing. On Christmas, uh, no less. Uh, Super impressed with the Rams every week. They look like a a complete squad. I'm going to take a teaser here with the Rams minus a half and under 48. Uh, Giants won't make this easy, I don't think. I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. Not terribly cold. Supposed to be about 40 degrees. But the Rams have too many athletes, and ultimately their defense is going to get the job done. 20-16 to final is uh, how I'm playing it here. You have have the Rams to win. uh, Well, you have a good margin here, I think. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams to win by 1 to 13 points, uh, getting a plus number here, Sal. Uh, Rams have been good. Unlike the Jaguars, the Rams have been very good to me 
this year. You know, we're pals with Coach Sean McVay, so yeah. I kind of root for them uh, <laughs> here. Uh, Rams are rolling. They've won five out of their last six and have covered in five straight. But I think the Giants will be game here. So, like, they were against the Eagles yesterday, especially once Tyrod Taylor came into that game. I think they can hang around. I think the Rams win. But, look, I don't see the Rams winning by 14-plus points here on the road against the Giants team that hasn't quit. But they are the better team. They need to win. But I think it stays within the two touchdowns. Rams win by 1 to 13 points, and I'm a big-time winner here. Um, you know who's a big-time winner? Well, p- potentially P- Puka Nakua betters here for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. That has shrunk now. He's now 5-1, to one, and C.J. Stroud, hasn't played in a couple weeks, is minus 1050. Paul, again, I'm not sure he could skip these last two games, C.J. Stroud, and win this thing. What do you think? I don't think he can. I mean, Nakua's going to end up with uh, over 100 receptions, 1,500-plus yards. Uh, that that's rookie of the year numbers to me, uh, with the exception of maybe a Stroud pulling a couple games out here towards the end of the season. But if he doesn't play, I think Nikola, I think it's got to go to him. He's had a fantastic year. We haven't seen a rookie receiver have this type of year maybe ever. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Could Stroud? They could be knocked out of the playoffs by Week 18, but he might know in the back of his mind that he has to play yeah, to get this award. So, all right, uh, Philadelphia, ten and a half point favorite. They are home against Arizona. Philly came out flat against the Giants. I don't know. They went back and forth between almost covering and to almost losing. Uh, you know, I, but they weren't going to w- cover that spread because no one was allowed to bet a favorite on Christmas and win. That's just, uh, just how it was. Uh, Cardinals have not been good. They beat Pittsburgh. But against good quarterbacks lately, they can't hang. Last five games that they've lost, four of them, They've lost by 27, 23, 16, and 11. I'm going to take Philly minus the points here. It's got to be a statement game for Sirianni. They're going to say, hey, we're winning this division. Enough is enough with these uh, alternating years for a different team for the last 24 years. They'll know about the Cowboys' result because the Cowboys play Saturday night. So that's an extra incentive to uh, put their foot on the gas pedal. 29-13, Parley Kid, You're taking the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals with the points. Like I said, I got burned this past weekend with the large number. I think the Cardinals here, Sal, could be a little bit, a bit of an annoyance. The Eagles, Sal, just have not looked right. They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four games, even in their victories. Doesn't something seem to be off? They seem to be tense. A.J. Brown with the stares towards Hurts all the time. Hurts doesn't seem to be having a good time. And look, does anybody know this Eagles team better than the Cardinals coach, Jonathan Gannon? Right. I don't think so. I mean, he was around it for several years. He knows what they do. I think Gannon's going to have this Cardinal team prepared, ready to play. They won't win the game. I'll have the Eagles probably on some money line parlays, I'm sure. But I think the Cardinals cover this total. Or the right. spread, I should say. You know, I was looking. Jalen Carter, uh, stud, stud. You know, D lineman there for the Eagles, yep. defensive rookie of the year, minus twenty thousand now. I don't know how that happened. I know he had a couple wow. sacks in the last few Whoa. weeks, but that is a wow. monster gap there. Congratulations uh, in wow. advance, Jalen Carter, defensive Jeez. rookie of the year. All right, Darren, listen, I know you're you're bowled over by this uh, by this Jalen Carter news. We're going to take a quick break and catch your breath, and we still got more games to get to. Stay right there. Plus, later on, comedian Nate Bargatze. He's a clean comic, but is he a clean better? We're going to find out when Cousin Sal's winning weekend returns. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We're closing out 2023 with the Andy Cohen to my Anderson Cooper. Actually, maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Anyway, my good pal, the parley kid, Darren Zaccoli. Darren, I asked you about your favorite bets, and you gave us three long shots you hit in 2023. What about a bet ache? Is there one that you are still not over from well, the Well, we talk about bet aches every week on our podcast, Sal. So um, obviously not immune to this at all. <laughs> but the one that really stood out to me, uh, especially as of late, because I talked about my Daniels Heisman, was my Quinn Ewers to go under 3,150 passing yards coming into the last game of his season, uh, which would count towards his total. He needed 440 passing yards to go over. Oh, would no. need about 100 more than his career high. And sure <laughs> enough, Sal, shattered it. Shattered my dreams of winning that bet. Um, so that's I think that's the one, one that sticks out most to me right now. I'm sure if I were to go back, Sal, there's a bed ache every week. Yeah. But that to me was uh, my most crushing because I already checked that off as a victory going into that game. So, oh, well, that's your own fault then. That's the only reason it lost is because you, you checked can't it off. You can't do it. You it really never check nothing, it off. Never check it off. Nothing to do with the gameplay itself. Yeah. All right, let's hit some more pro games here. We'll get to Quinn Ewers in a second. Tampa Bay, three. And 42 against New Orleans. Now, this was two and a half, and I thought it was fishy. And even at three, I think it's a little fishy. I have New Orleans to win this division. I bet it around six weeks ago. I've regretted it. I regretted it immediately. Tampa Bay has shown they're clearly the best of the bunch of this dreadful division. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the Saints because I think it is all fishy. They got beat up by the Bucks early in the season. They still have Derek Carr. Um, the best thing I can say is they have 10 days rest, so it might be a closed game, and the Bucks have not covered as a three-point favorite or better. So screw it. I'm taking New Orleans and hoping for a big Alvin Kamara game and a Baker slip-up, 21-19 somewhere in there. Oh, Sal, you didn't have to tell everybody you were taking the Saints. Everybody knew that, so you were going to be taking. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, you, wrote, you love the Saints. You just love this team. I'm the opposite with the Saints, Sal. I don't like the Saints. Uh, the Saints haven't really beaten anybody good this year, and anytime mm. they played somebody good this year, uh, they've really lost the game. And the Bucks right now are a good football team. I don't know if I would have said that a month ago, but Baker and company are rolling. They've won four straight. They're home here against the Saints. I'm taking Tampa, giving the points, Sal. All right. You're probably smart. I mean, at least one of us will win here, or we might push. Who knows? Uh, but Tampa is minus 550 to win the division. Minus 550. I mean, maybe, maybe. Mm. You heard it here first. Maybe Tom Brady wasn't that good. System quarterback, Tom Brady? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, San Francisco, 13.5 point favorite at Washington. 48.5 is the over-under. This Washington team just doesn't keep games close. I mean, forget the Jet game uh, the other day. 
but they used to really play everybody close. Remember, they had a shot to beat the Eagles twice. Uh, I think that Jets was an outlier. Brissett is actually an improvement over Sam Howell, and yet they're 0-5-1 against the spread at home. Do you know how hard that is to do? That's amazing, 0-5-1 against the spread at home. I actually think Purdy could go out there now that he's out of the MVP discussion. He can go out there and relax, just play football, not worry about any of this stupid stuff. And Washington's O-line, this is the biggest reason to take uh, San Francisco, which I should have said I'm doing. I should have said that earlier, minus 13 and a half. Washington's O-line allowed the most sacks out of any team, and it's not even close, and that is going to be a disaster for Brissett or Howell or whoever dares to take snaps back there for Washington this week. 30-10 final. I'm taking San Francisco. We're, uh, we're in line here, finally. Yeah, we're finally in line here, Sal, and uh, no surprise because an angry San Francisco team is probably the most dangerous San Francisco team and up until last, uh, this past game against the Ravens, who are NFC killers, uh, that the uh, 49ers had covered six straight. I think they get right back on track here. Like you said, Sal, the pressure might be off Purdy right now. You can just go out and ball, throw the ball yeah. around the field. 49ers get back on track with a very, very convincing win over the Washington Commanders this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think that screwed Purdy for the MVP, but all in all, I honestly still think San Francisco's in good shape until and unless they play the Ravens again. Honestly, I think they're going to be okay, yep. certainly this week. All right, Seattle, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Forty-one-and-a-half is the total against Pittsburgh. Uh, I think the line is a tiny bit rich at three-and-a-half. The Steelers have covered both times as a three-plus-point underdog. I'm taking Pittsburgh plus the points. They are fifth in red zone, red zone defense, seventh in scoring defense. Uh, if Pickett is in, I want out. I mean, I know I can't just say that, I, but I, I don't think he's going to be any better after a three-week hiatus here. But for now, I'm going to back Rudolph another week plus the points. In fact, I'll even say Steelers 22-16 win the game. I, I'm with you again here, Sal. And I can't even imagine. Let's face Mason Rudolph played the best game at quarterback that the Steelers have had yeah. in quite some time. I think you got to roll with them again here. Their offense finally looked balanced this past weekend against Cincinnati. Seahawks have been a strange team, Sal. They're up and down, kind of like the Steelers, but December is Mike Tomlin's month, right? He, this is Mike Tomlin knows how to win in December. He'll get it done again here. Let's take the Steelers, Sal. Uh, with the points, but I like what you're saying too. Maybe even just to win this game outright. Yeah, it's a fun one. Also, T.J. Watt in the running, similar to that Dak stat I read you. T.J. Watt minus 140 to have the most sacks. He has 17. Hendrickson for since he has 16. Hunter 15 and a half. Another kind of thing where you don't know who's playing the last week. And but right. I don't mind that T.J. Watt. I think you'd split if you took Dak for most touchdown passes and Watt for most sacks. At worst, you would split except that I said this now and jinxed the whole thing. But all right, uh, Denver, five-and-a-half point favorite, 38-and-a-half is the total versus the Chargers. Uh, I don't even know why we're doing this game. I, don't even, I, I, I ditched two games. This should have been one of the two I ditched, mm. but I don't mind this Easton stick at quarterback. I think Eckler actually kills this offense more than anyone. Maybe it's because I'm betting him on same-game parlays every week. But the Chargers, 0-7 outright since the beginning of last season when getting more than a mm. field goal. That's pretty weird 
for even for a Chargers team. I am going to take Denver here, laying the points. The interim coach thing wears off in the second game, if you look hyster- uh, historically and hysterically. 24-7 last time they played. I'll give the Chargers a little more credit here. Maybe they score one more touchdown. 24-14 sounds about right. But I think Denver, despite looking really bad against New England, I think they win and cover this week. Yeah, I, I'm again with you here with this one, Sal. I think Sean Payton does want to finish above 500, and he needs this game in order for that to at least have a chance for that to happen. And I think this Chargers team, I think they gave their best with the new coach coming in against uh, Buffalo, but I think now we see a team that is completely checked out. You have to go to Denver. You never know what the weather is going to be like there after spending the you know some beautiful time out there in L.A., Sal. Mm-hmm. I just think that little trip, They're just not interested in playing football right now. Like you said, Eckler is a shell of his former self. Receiving core is is really kaput there with the Chargers. Denver still has something to play for. Denver gets it done. Sean Payton gets it done. Let's, Let's take Denver, giving the points. All right, might be too little too late in terms of a playoff spot, but uh, you know they'll play hard. Kansas City, seven point favorite. Here we go. They're home, 44 and a half against Cincinnati. I don't trust that Chiefs offense at all, Parlay Kid. Guys dropping balls. Kelsey is not right. Rasheed Rice, I know he's a member of your fantasy team. He's dependable, but fine. I mean, it's still Mahomes making plays with his legs, and it wasn't enough. He probably won't be running for his life like he was against the Raiders, but I'm going to still take – Uh, What am I taking? I'm taking the Bengals here, plus the seven points. Rest advantage goes to Cincinnati, who's desperate for a win. They don't get the win, I don't think, but I think they keep it close. Unders are 6-1 and in Chiefs home games, so I'm taking big points in games that are supposed to go under. Browning, okay game, good enough to be competitive. Let's say 26-22. What do you like? Yeah, I'm going to tease this game, Sal, with, with Cincinnati adding the six points to the spread and then adding six points to the under here mm-hmm. in this game. Cincinnati needs this game. We've seen with, when their backs are against the wall, they play really good football. Browning struggled. They turned the ball over uh, this past week, and I think he writes the ship with that. And like you said, in terms of the under, Kansas City just doesn't score enough points for this game to go over, Sal. They just don't have the weapons, yeah. especially with Kelsey. It looks like his career has kind of hit a wall. I'm sorry to say, but it just looks like it has. They don't have the downfield weapons that they've had in the past. So let's take Cincinnati, adding the six points on the teaser uh, to the total uh, as well. It used to be they they could score, get up and down the field in three plays, right? If you left Mahomes 25 seconds, it was too much at the end. Yeah, not the same. All right, Minnesota, one-and-a-half point favorite, 46-and-a-half is the over-under. They host Green Bay. This is New Year's Eve night. Uh, Minnesota lost a good game to Detroit. Green Bay fought off an all of a sudden pesky Panthers team. They talk about this Joe Barry secondary for Green Bay, or maybe the defense in general, and that's maybe the best thing the Vikes have to look forward to. Mullins was just inconsistent last week. He threw the bad pick at the end, but in sync with Justin Jefferson. Still, right. Justin Jefferson reminds you how great he is, right? On those fourth and 23 plays. Amazing. I wish we knew more about Addison and Madison. And if they're staying at the Radisson, I don't know what's going on with this Vikings team. But this should be a fun one on New Year's Eve. And I am taking the Vikings minus one and a half. They sweep the season series, something they have not done in seven years. They keep their playoff hopes alive for one more week. 28-19 my final. You like the Vikings as well. 
I like him, Sal. But listen, this game is really a coin flip. I think that's why the spread yeah. dictates that here. Mullins has thrown for a lot of yards in these games that he's played. He's just prone to throwing the picks. He's had six now in the three games uh, that we've seen him. But he did throw for over 400 yards in this last game. He's got a very good rapport with Jefferson. I think Jefferson has a huge game. And like you said, if we knew a little bit more about Addison, uh, his health. I think that with Hawkinson, we know is out, though, Sal. Yep. That could come back and hurt many. But we've seen teams exploit this Packers secondary. I think Minnesota will be able to do that this game. Let's take Minnesota given the points. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. But in the college ranks, the playoffs here, Parley Kid, Texas will start with four-and-a-half-point favorite, 62-and-a-half versus Washington. The reason you would take Washington, I think, is because every single game they played was close down the stretch. Penix keeps them in the tight ones. The bookies try to bury them, making Oregon a nine-point favorite. Didn't work. Uh, Longhorn secondary yeah. is not great, but Washington's is 123rd and 94th in the nation in touchdown surrender. That's why I'm taking Texas minus the four and a half points. Um, you know, again, I, Quinn Ewers, I know he owes you. Uh, they went up against Bo Nix, who really couldn't solve the uh, mystery, but he, he played fine. But I'm going to bet that Quinn Ewers does solve that riddle. 36-28, Sarkeesian gets it done. Give me the Longhorns. Yes, Sal, surprising. I, I do agree with you here. Do you know this is a rematch of last year's Alamo Bowl? Right. 27-20 Washington victory. Hard mm -hmm. to believe now that these two are facing each other in this prime time uh, matchup. Two very different teams, though, from last year. So throw that out, and I'm with you here, Sal. This, comes, this is two very good offenses against one top 25 defense and one that is about 50 spots away from the top 25 in Washington. Yeah, Quinn Ewers has been really good, but they have a good balance to their offense, this Texas team, as does Washington. But I think Texas's defense is what gets it done here. And so, again, and I know I, you're right, nine straight victories by Washington, all within 10 points. Crazy. That is a yeah. record in Division One football. They've won a lot of close games. When that happens, what tends to happen eventually it comes back and gets you. When, when viewers owes me one, like you said, Sal, hook them horns. Let's go. All right. Now, who do they play in the main event? Michigan, a one-point favorite against Alabama. 44-and-a-half is the over-under. I have Alabama ticket at 6-1 to one to win the whole thing. I have an SEC team to win the national championship at even odds. I made both of those bets early in August. So I have to stick with the team that, A, may not belong in this group of four, and, B, Definitely doesn't belong, if not for a prayer of a throw against Auburn. Now, I know your big time on FSU should be in this game, and you have to take Michigan. But yes. Michigan is used to defending a different kind of team. Alabama, everything's vertical. Everything's speed. Milrow, third most air yards. Michigan's not going to be used to this. Can Bama pass protect against these monsters is the big question question i think they will for the most part the athletic interviewed all the big 10 coaches and most of them picked alabama in this game it was really weird they were completely anonymous some suggested actually probably kid that mccarthy could be injured his numbers in his last five games don't mm. bear out like they did for the beginning of the season i'm gonna say a good low scoring game 23 17 roll tide yes sal i'm going against you like i said i'm a believer that florida state should be here so should i go with michigan i guess so I think I did hear about McCarthy's possibly an ankle injury, but so he's had plenty of time to heal. 
He should be back. I think this is where we see a breakout game from McCarthy. Remember, this is an Alabama team, like you said, it's a struggle with Auburn. Really got lucky. That's why why they're here, is that they got a very lucky play against Auburn. They beat Arkansas by three. And so they even struggled with the South Florida team earlier this year. I know they've gotten better as the year has gone on. But this Michigan team, remember it used to be like, can Harbaugh beat Ohio State? Well, he's proven he can do that. Now it's like, can Harbaugh win in this tournament? The question is, is we'll see. I think this is the year. If you're ever going to beat an Alabama team, Mm -hmm. this is the year you beat an Alabama team. Let's take Michigan here to get it done this time around. All right. You know what? We got it done, Parley Kid. 15 games. I don't know how people could expect more from us. We really did it. We're the true heroes here. You can follow Darren on X at the Parley Kid 1. Darren, over under 10.35 p.m. Eastern on New Year's Eve that you're asleep. Yeah, we'll take a slight over on that, Sal. I try to... I try to make it up to stay about midnight, about 12.01. My head will be hitting the pillow. All right. There you go. There, thanks for being here. <laughs> Happy New Year. After the break, Happy we've got New comedian Year, and Titans fan Nate Bargatze joining us. He's going to tell us if he thinks Will Levis is the future or if the mayo in your coffee thing spells instant doom. That's next on Cousin Sal's Winning Week. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. It's been a huge year for our guest today. He hosted Saturday Night Live, was a guest picker on College Game Day, did the Manning cast, and I believe he also had a pie named after him at the Waffle House. And now he's here on our show. What a way to end 2023. NateBargatze.com is where you can find tour dates and tickets. Comedian Nate Bargatze is here. What's happening, Nate? What's up, man? This is all, all that stuff is just to get big enough to get here. (laughs) Is that what it was? I, I had to get your attention. Okay. So I was just like, I got to keep pounding it out, dude. And uh, so it fine, worked. It worked. It really, really worked. I, I mean, I, I just mentioned you had the incredible 2023 hosting. I'm trying to think hosting SNL. It's such a milestone. I was trying to compare it to sports. What would be the equivalent? It would it be the Heisman Trophy. Would it be the Nathan's hot dog eating title? In season yeah. NBA tournament MVP. I don't know. Where do you Where do you rank this? I didn't mind the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I like the Heisman because it's something that you don't necessarily have to have, but you want. And if you do get to do it, then you're in such a it's just a you're in another group that's, you know, harder to get into. So, yeah, I mean, I could see it being like the Heisman. Uh, You're from Tennessee, big Vanderbilt and Titans fan. Yeah, I guess um, if you could have asked an athlete past or present to make a cameo appearance on the SNL you hosted. It actually probably would have made you more nervous, but is there someone in mind? Yeah, I mean, the top would have been like Jordan or Tiger Woods. You yeah. know, those are the two for me. Uh, I've met Tiger once, very briefly. Jordan, I have not. Tiger was great. I mean, I met him, uh, it was last year, maybe. And so it was, you know, he's a lot more chilled out now than he ever has been. Uh, so I think it's like, I met him at the right time where it was great. I think, and I don't know, I've never met Jordan either, but it's like, if you, you seem like you see videos of Jordan, you're like, he seems a lot more relaxed and a lot more fun 
you know, and so it's, yeah, maybe it's like you, you don't want to meet your heroes until they're, you know, close to 50, 60. Absolutely. Um, back to Tennessee for a second. I don't know how much you've thought about this, but aside from the alliteration, why are they the Tennessee Titans? I forget what it was. They, I remember they voted, the town voted for it. And one of it, one of them was Tennessee tuxedos. I remember that was in the running. Uh, but I can't remember what specifically Titans I'm trying to see even it. I don't know. Uh, I should know, but it's, you know, we're the Titans. Like you, you would have come up with 50 better ones. Um, Did you, than the ones I they love settled the on. Washington football team. Yeah. That's I, good. Yeah. That name is so good that it made me think every other name is so ridiculous. <laughs> Feeling like, you know, I, I was watching uh dark night rises last night with Bane and like they're playing, you know, it's like the Thrashers versus Rapid City in that in that football scene. And it feels like that. Like you start like really, if you start overthinking these names, it feels like a movie fake team in a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe the Washington Baines. That could be good too. Pretty, pretty badass uh, logo for sure. The uh, Titans a couple weeks ago, historic comeback on Monday night against the Dolphins. The first NFL team, I think, ever to come back from a 14-point deficit in the final three minutes and win in regulation. Where does that rank amongst the all-time Titans moments for you? I mean, it's up there. It's not, you know, Music City Miracle or, uh, or like, you know, some st- other stuff we've done in the past. You know, you ever watch other teams? You watch, you know, you be watching your team and you see other teams. You're like, I wish we were like that team. Like, they seem fun. And I kind of felt like Will Levis brings that kind of energy. And he drinks his coffee with mayonnaise. Is this, does this bother you? Or um, is this something you're willing to try? Or should everybody get behind this? I think I say mayonnaise. You say mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, yeah. Mayonnaise. What do you say? Where's the stress? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Oh. Yeah. We just get right to it. Uh, <laughs> either one. Would you put any of the either eat mayonnaise or mayonnaise? Would you put it either in your coffee? I'm not a I like mayonnaise, so uh I love <laughs> condiments. So I'm you know, I'm not I'm not against doing yeah. stuff like that. I don't, maybe it's good to be a little weird. Go do something weird. If you got some little weird kind of thing you're like that's usually the kind of guy you want to be a you want to lead a team do you think the nfl should switch it up one year with the super bowl halftime instead of a singer or a band just let a comedian have the 10 15 minutes i mean we would bomb so hard really <laughs> that setup is not really made for even musicians almost i mean you know it's got to be like a track or whatever because it's just such a big 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 thing mm-hmm. and uh so, I mean, I've thought about that. Like, could a comic, I mean, you just would be swallowed up and I don't think people would know you were on stage. Well, maybe but, if mean, you're look, spearing, if you're spearing your sound guy while delivering jokes, uh, I think we could get, I know what you're saying. It is missing a little of the action, but. Yeah. I mean, just to go, to leave the Super Bowl <laughs> and go to my energy is tough. You know? like, I'd love to see it. Nate, thanks so much for coming on. Don't miss Nate Bargatze when he comes to your city for tickets and tour dates. Head over to NateBargatze.com. Thanks, Nate. I appreciate you coming on, pal. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, man. All right. Stick around. We'll be back with more of Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend right after this. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. 
All right, that almost does it for Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. You're not getting rid of me just yet. Not before I usher you into the new year with another same game parlay. Let's go Dak Prescott, 300 plus yards. The Cowboys to score over 30 and a half points. C.D. Lamb to score a touchdown. He always does. And Dallas to win the first half and the game. Get you over 7 to 1 odds. My thanks to Nate Bargatze and the Parley Kid, Darren Sicoli. You can see them both on tour right now. Thanks to all of you for watching. And please, remember, you may feel like an underdog, but you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping and Happy New Year. Happy New Year.